0: mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today comes from that first reading, especially these words spoken by that angel. Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, Reformation Day, as can be seen, always seems to get superseded by Halloween, especially in our modern world. For that reason, perhaps it would be good for us to begin our Reformation sermon asking a sort of Halloweenish question. This question, what is it that you are afraid of? As we sit here in church, in this sanctuary, outside thousands and thousands of children are wandering around neighborhoods dressed as ghosts and goblins, as Frankenstein or Dracula, all with the goal of going home with a dozen pounds of free candy. When you drive home and see those kids, will they frighten you? Of course not. They're just kids, after all. and you get home and turn on the TV and watch the scary movie that's playing because it's Halloween. Will that frighten you? The Shining, The Exorcist, The Silence of the Lambs? They might be frightening for a minute or two, but movies always have an end. And the second time you watch it, it isn't as frightening as the first either, is it? What are you afraid of? The truth is, Halloween things are not really that frightening, are they? We, as sinful human beings, are oftentimes more frightened by the mundane things. Things like having enough money this month to make the mortgage payment. Things like grandma's prognosis in dealing with cancer or Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. What things are our children learning about in public school? Will there be enough money in your 401k when the day comes to retire? Is your spouse being completely faithful? Will they still love you when your looks go? Will your children visit you in the nursing home? Will the Huskers win the football game at Ohio State this weekend? Or will they be an embarrassment again? Can you keep up with the Joneses? Will your employer keep you for an entire career, or will you suddenly be stuck looking for a job? What are you afraid of? What things strike fear in your heart? What do you stay up nights worrying about? This fear question is all about the first commandment. And the truth is, when we answer the question, What are you afraid of? It helps us to diagnose the false gods and idols that we have in our lives. It is really all about the first commandment. You shall have no other gods, which means we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. But our sinful nature struggles with that. We fear dozens of other things more than we fear God. When we are afraid of making our mortgage payment, or the amount in our 401K, or what car we drive, and whether or not it gives the right image to those who see us, we are afraid of a false god of wealth and money. We've made an idol out of the dollar bills that we have. And it's foolish because the true God has promised to provide us all that we need to support our bodies and lives. And not just now, He's promised to support us throughout all of eternity, to give us everything to love us to the end. And the money in our bank account cannot go with us into the next world. So why are we afraid of it running out? The true God has promised to provide. Ought we fear, love, and trust Him? We're afraid of what our children's future holds. Will they be successful? Will they get sick? Will they be injured in an accident? Will there be a conflict between us that separates us from them? We're afraid for our spouses, their fidelity, their health. Will they always be there for us or not? We're afraid of living in the nursing home. We're afraid of spending years suffering, so afraid that our society even questions whether or not we ought to euthanize those who are really sick. We're afraid because we make our families our false gods and idols. We love them more than we love God. Not saying it's wrong to love your family, but it must be in the proper order, God first. After all, it is God who promises that we are adopted into the body of Christ through the waters of holy baptism. God promises that we can speak to him, pray to him as dear children ask their dear father. God has promised to take us from this valley of sorrows and tears into his eternal perfect wonderful kingdom. and He's promised that to all of our family members who believe in him as well, no matter our relationship on this earth. If God has made us a part of His family and promises to care for ours, ought we fear, love, and trust Him, our Heavenly Father? We're afraid that next week in the election, the wrong party will win. We're afraid that we'll have bad rulers if the party that we're not a part of gets the majority. As if rulers are the ones who hold all of our well-being in their hands, as if they are our saviors. They're not. And even in the church, we worry. We worry on the church level of who will win the next synodical election? Will our synod president be more or less Lutheran? Is our synod president more important than Jesus? But we worry all the same. In both cases, with the election next week and the election in the church next year, Jesus is still king, enthroned in heaven. And this sinful world is little more than his footstool. And he knows every hair on our heads. A sparrow will not fall to the ground apart from his knowledge and purpose. As either party... Republican or Democrat, ever done for you what Jesus, the true King, has in his glorious passion and resurrection? Instead of being afraid of earthly rulers, we choose ought we fear, love, and trust in God instead. Perhaps the silliest false idol that we fear and worry and stew about is our sports teams and our sports events. We're afraid our team will lose. It could be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. It could be the Cubs. It could be little Billy's basketball team or Susie's high school volleyball team. We're so afraid that we expend huge amounts of money and time watching, driving to and from for equipment and training and teams. Afraid that our child won't learn teamwork. Afraid their team will lose and the child will feel bad. Afraid we'll have to listen to those Ohio State people for another year. We devote so much time to sports, we leave little time for God, for His Word, for His gifts. And then we act surprised when our children become pagan sports fanatics who are not Christians. We make those sports teams our false gods and idols. They've never died for us. They've never bled to forgive us. Jesus has. Ought we fear, love, and trust in Him who has won the biggest victory of all over sin, death, and the grave? We're afraid of cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, or any other number of diseases. Because ultimately, we are afraid of death. We're terrified at the slasher movies because we don't want to die. We shiver at the thought of being lowered in a box into the ground and covered with dirt and forgotten. So death becomes our false god and idol. And we work to eliminate death, to eat healthy, to take the right medicines. We cannot put it off forever. No matter how many miles you run, no matter how many celery sticks you substitute for bacon, death comes. Death is defeated. Death is destroyed, along with all of our other false gods and idols. They're all destroyed and defeated by Jesus, who has been raised from the dead, never to die again, who promises forgiveness, life, and salvation to you who eat His body and His blood, ought we fear, love, and trust that God instead? Dear Christians, what are you afraid of? What do you fear? Hear the words of the Reformation angel from the book of Revelation who flies about all the world with an eternal gospel that saves. Fear God. Give God glory. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the seas and the springs of water. Fear God because he holds your life in his hands, those nail-scarred hands. Fear God because he forgives you all of your sins. And love and trust him for the same reason. Fear God because he's the one who holds all the promises for your future, no matter what. Fear God, because he earned your eternal life by shedding his blood, by suffering, by facing all of your fears, even death itself, and destroying them all. Fear God who is a jealous God, jealous for saving you from your sin. Fear God who wipes away every tear from your eyes and promises you eternal life. Fear God. God alone. Love and trust God alone. Put God in his right place. That's what the Reformation is all about. He is your Savior. He is your Lord. He is the one who holds you in his hands, who loves you, who shows that love by sending his own son to the cross to die killing him for your sin so that you might live forever, giving his son as the atoning propitiatory sacrifice that leaves nothing in this world, not even death, not life, not powers, not height, nor depth, nor anything in this world to truly be afraid of. We need not fear because we belong to Jesus. We need not fear anything except the God who loves us with a love that surpasses all understanding. Fear God and give him glory. On this Halloween night for silly candy gathering, fear God. This reformation, fear God, conquers all of our fears with the blood of Jesus. Because when we fear God, we tremble not, we fear no ill. When we fear God, though they take our life, our goods, our fame, or our wife, as we just sang, the kingdom ours remaineth. Fear, love, and trust God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.